Hello, and welcome to the Royal Hour Podcast, hosted by the one and only Prince Onyx. Join me on a daily to weekly basis with the Royal Court and I as we delve deep into a wide range of topics. From entertainment to politics, both professional and streetwise, to personal stories of things that we've experienced. From dating troubles to family drama and (laughs) even our own tea that'll get spilled. All from a Chicago perspective that at times can be viewed as worldly. You can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, and more. This is a show that you don't want to miss. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your good guy here, Prince Onyx. I just want to say first and foremost, thank you to the Anchor FM app because without it, the Royal Hour podcast would have never been able to see the light of day. Here at Anchor FM, it is a free 99 app that allows you to record and edit your podcast with all the tools that are available to you. And again, did I mention that it is totally free? Oh yeah, it is free, free, free. And this app is free. Da 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 da. It's free. It's the free ninety nine for me. With this app, of course, like I said, it's free. You get to edit and record your podcast. You have all the tools available. And it is distributed to other podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts and many more. So be sure to join Anchor FM today and let them know that the Royal Hour podcast by Prince Onyx sent you. Thank you. Ciao. (laughs) Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's your good guy here, Prince Onyx. And I am back and we are back here at the Royal Hour podcast. And I have bought yet another very special guest. And like I told y'all, she is recurring. And it is none other than my good sis, Crystal Mary, aka Moth Lace. Crystal, how are you doing? Any updates you want to let the people know? How was the art show that you were preparing for? Did it happen yet, or are you still in the process of it? Let us know. Oh, yeah. Hi. Uh, super uh, excited to be back here again. You know, I always like to be here. It's, it's you know, so much fun. Um, I'm still in the process of working on the stuff for my art show because none of that stuff will happen until October. So I just finished working on my frames last week, and now I'm going to take a little bit of a break before I really set about setting prices for everything. So that's kind of where I am at the moment. It's nice to finally be done with the big section because making the frames was fun, but kind of kind of a very draining very very draining um but yeah that's that's kind of the update on that okay well again we are happy for you and when we have you back in october because you guys do know that me and crystal will be back once that um reboot remake of interview with the vampire drops so when we have you back we definitely will be expecting an update so thank you for sharing and what i will say is that you know what it can be very tedious uh with with art in general whether it's sculpting painting uh, drawing sketch artists uh, filmmaking acting whatever it can be very tedious so trust me i i understand like that i mean shit even this podcast like it's it's easier to manage it i will say and that's why i love doing it because i love to talk and i just feel like people should really hear these conversations that me and my friends have or even my thoughts when i do the solo episodes about stuff that's going on in the world and just yeah how how i feel about it so thank you again for sharing and stopping by the royal palace and the royal hour podcast thank you 
Very welcome, very welcome. Well, y'all, without further ado, we are going to get into this episode. And you know what? Because the controversy is the controversy <laughs> is still hotter than fish grease at a fish fry. So we are going to be talking about the reactions to the live action version of The Little Mermaid, which is featuring Holly Bailey, who is uh, one of the two sisters in the musical duo, Chloe and Holly. Um, and yeah, we're just going to be talking about the reactions to it, how people have been treating this ever since the casting of it, people have been pissed off and upset about it. And they're like, Oh, not my Ariel and Oh, representation. And you know, what's really interesting is that white people nowadays are you, and maybe you may have noticed this too, Crystal, but a lot of white people use the term woke nowadays when they really want to say black or, you know, negro or whatever the other case you know they when they really want to say black so now they're just going to use woke like a lot of the reaction was oh this is that woke agenda that woke feminist bullshit blah 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 and it's just like okay but this is really coded language so it's really interesting that you know the white walkers love to stay on code and they're they're thinking that we won't catch on to it but it's like well my my you know, sister from another Mr. Crystal definitely has caught on to it. I've caught on to it. And we're both going to be holding you motherfuckers accountable. So, you know, and it's just, it's really fucked up because I saw this TikTok, right? And it said that white people don't want us, black people, in this world. And since they can't get rid of us, they create fantasy lands in entertainment where we do not exist as a means of escape. That is why they are so mad about a light-skinned black woman with locks playing The Little Mermaid. Because let's be real, like, because if y'all don't know, Crystal, she loves the Disney princesses and, you know, just all types of stuff. Like, she, my friend is just so fucking dope. But it's like, even when she saw the reaction to it, her as a white woman, even she was just like, yo, this is fucked up how y'all are treating this. So without further ado, I'm going to let the queen Crystal speak because, child, I could go on for hours and hours, as y'all know. But Crystal, let everybody, including myself, know how do you feel about this whole entire thing? when it comes to fantasy and fiction and you know the recasting and race swapping let's let, let, let's let's really wake this shit up well uh the first reaction that i had was kind of i don't understand what the big deal is about everyone just getting so turned up about you know lack of a better word uh about you know a a different casting mechanism um but I also, I wonder at Disney, and you know, there's always an agenda behind Disney, and they do things for very, very specific reasons. And I know you had sent me, you know, that tweet um, about, you know, I can't remember the, the poster's name, but they were talking about, you know, like you, like you said, it's like they create, you know, these fantasy worlds where you know, BIPOC people do not exist. And then, you know, when all of a sudden one pops up in said fantasy world, certain type of people get really, really angry. Um, something that I kind of noticed is sort of like, I was thinking about that uh, the other day at work. And mm. I kind of have a, I have a flip response to it. Cause I really started to sit down and think about that phrase and I noticed something on the opposite end of the spectrum, which seems to be that Disney especially only seems to be casting BIPOC characters only in roles of fantasy creatures. Mm. 
you know like it's not okay so we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know the 1997 uh cinderella with brandy which is a fantastic adaptation of cinderella first okay of talk to them crystal let them know <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so good you guys and if you haven't watched it what is wrong with you um so you go out and watch it now it's probably on disney plus i assume but i mean that's like that's like a whole that's a whole thing um but if you notice brandy as cinderella in that film she is a real person she has real agency she has real dreams real thoughts feelings and all the those other stuff she is a real black girl now what disney appears to be doing and in the flip side is like well we're gonna cast you know um a, a black woman as the blue fairy or we're gonna cast as elves we're gonna cast as centaurs you know in uh the chronicles of narnia the very first one lion witch in the wardrobe you know things that quote don't exist end quote mm. so i don't know how you feel about that but it was just kind of to, to me i i was just like so you're not going to cast um if we're taking Little Mermaid out of the equation for a minute, you're not you're not going to cast Belle as a black woman. Ooh. You're not going to cast Sleeping Beauty as a black woman. Ooh. Real real girls, real women that things are happening because they could have done that very very easily. Why Ariel? Why specifically a character? that starts her life out as something that people don't believe in. Mm, oh, oh, wait, oh, whoa. Okay, I, god damn, whoa, that just kind of took me back a little bit, damn. But no, it makes, excuse me, it makes perfect sense because we already have the live action Mulan, the live action Beauty and the Beast, um, fuck, who else got a live action adaptation recently? I feel like it's someone else and I'm missing them. Uh, let's see. I, I know that they did well, Aladdin. I don't know if it counts like Aladdin, but yeah. she's still a BIPOC. Uh, yeah, she yeah she's Southeast Asian, so they got her, but she's more so non-black. But when it comes to the more the white ones, like you said, Snow White, Cinderella, uh, okay. Belle, who else? Um, well, Belle was already because she's Beauty and the Beast, but Snow White, Cinderella. So damn, who does that? I feel like that leaves out. Well, there was that new one, Brave, but she's Irish, but ain't like, you know, there aren't black Irish folks, but, and they'll be pissed if they did that. Um, and so I'm trying to really think of the other remaining princesses. Cause I mean, of course, then, you know, what was really funny was people were like, oh, well, what if we did a white version of Tiana? Well, Tiana with Princess and the Frog is, is like her race is central to the fucking story. That's what y'all are missing. Her race is central to the story because is set in new orleans i want to say during like the reconstruction period or it's like it's set in the old times and it's dealing with things with themes of like you know african spirituality voodoo and hoodoo and things like that and crocodiles and the and basically the character that was like mimicking or a form of, or a version of baron samdi or you know so it's just like you, you can't say oh but well, what if we did this because it's central to her story with ariel her race isn't central to the story but y'all are so upset about it because y'all are so mad they're so mad that you know the tides are turning no pun intended because we're dealing with you know under the sea uh sebastian was seeing but it's like y'all are so upset about the fact that people are, are are wanting to see themselves authentically even if it's in a fantasy way 
and it's blowing y'all minds because it's like, oh, well, I grew up on this. Okay, well, you can still watch the animated, the cartoon. And there's, again, I'm pretty sure they're going to keep Snow White and Sleeping Beauty there. I'm pretty sure they're going to keep them white unless they decide to change them up. And even if they do, they're not going to care. But going back to your point, Crystal, that is a very good analysis. Why is it that it does seem like you're, they, are, they only cast her in this role? They wouldn't have casted Holly to play Snow White or you know, sleep in beauty. And why is that? Why cast her in something that is, you know, that people don't believe in? People don't believe mermaids exist. And even if they did exist, which I ain't gonna lie, I do believe they do, because there's a lot of shit under... Look, y'all, we don't really know. People, people, people haven't really gone too far, far deep into the ocean. Like, y'all do realize how deep the ocean really is. It's damn near endless. And the deeper you go, you see a bunch of creatures and things that you thank God are not swimming with the regular fishes because I'm telling you right now, I don't know if I would want to go to the seafood market down to the grocery store and see them, they, they, they selling a fucking um, transparent fish for whatever. Girl, no, no thank you. Okay, I'm glad with the salmon and the fish nuggets and the, and the catfish, you know, stuff that I can actually pronounce and look up and not be so freaked out by, but anyway, you know, that is a good point, though. Why is it that they um, why is it that they did that? And that really has me thinking, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm really stuck about that. Like, that just really had me go, wow, like, huh, gave me something it, to think about. It, it doesn't. I mean, yeah, that's that's the reason why I was, I was asking, because when I was uh, I had to go recheck my uh, some of my stuff because uh, I didn't get to take folklore classes in college, but I kind of wish I had. But mm, I read enough and researched enough that, I mean, Cinderella, the oldest version of Cinderella is about a Greek woman married an Egyptian prince. Oh, and you know they love to swear up and down, oh, the Egyptians were white, oh, they were white, they were just like me and Sally, oh my God, girl, <laughs> girl, girl, not you and Sally, y'all was... Not you and Sally, y'all was over there in, in fucking Rome and over in, in England shitting on yourselves and, and shitting, throwing shit and piss out of, out of windows. Girl, bye. Yeah, it's... Uh, Raping it's, and pillaging. Uh, what's the name of the... Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty much. That's, it's why I'm like, okay, you could have done that with, Cin with Cinderella. Um, she could have even been Chinese because it's uh, uh, Yi's Yan. God, I hope I said that right. Um, that's the Chinese version of Cinderella that dates back to 860. Oh, see? But you see how a lot of people really don't realize that... Okay, truth be told, and I really want y'all to research this, if you haven't already, but a lot of these fairy tales and fantasy stories like Little Red Riding Hood, and as you just heard Crystal say about the, the oldest version of Cinderella that really uh, dates back, you know, a lot of this stuff comes from nine times out of ten either black culture african culture or from other cultures like asian culture like there's other stories out there where do y'all think they got this stuff from but also with the disneyfication of these stories we're getting the nice and presentable version versus the rather horrific origins of these stories hmm y'all need to really do your research because a lot of these fairy tales did not end in the way that y'all think they actually ended mm-hmm i mean it's it's the same for, I mean, yes, I mean, Cinderella has, you know, uh, I mean, in the uh, the version, you know, that like in the Grimm's version, um, is essentially, you know, like, oh, the stepsisters can't fit the shoes, so, you know, they cut off parts of their feet in order to do it. Talk about horrific. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so you've got, 
those dating back to you know times of antiquity you have beauty and the beast which was you know the the one that we know was written by a a french woman in 1740 um gabrielle suzanne uh i hope i said that last name right um but that doesn't matter because all of there's all these other tales of women marrying these beastly type men date back to greece and cyprus and asia mexico south and central america and you notice that disney didn't adapt any of it like that when they decided to do a live action version they've had so many opportunities to do this before that part and i think and i want to say either last year or maybe a couple of years back i can't remember because i really had to like y'all don't understand i had to dig for this link to share with crystal one time because we were talking about the whole disney and disney princesses and there was this article somebody had made of like these different other women who could be like disney princesses and it was based off of real life women um granted of course you know how they died in real life of course disney would find a way hopefully we'll find a way to like change that you know change the story disneyfication but um I, w- I had shared that with crystal and i was like damn look at this these are some i think it was like 10 princesses that disney could make new movies and stories out of and most yeah. of them were i saw black women i saw asian women i saw some women that were irish women that were italian greek whatever the hell egyptian whatever the case was they it was like a colorful rainbow well shit a rainbow is colorful but it was like a rainbow of all these untapped stories that disney could do because you know truth be told when it comes to race swapping of these stories it almost makes it seem like okay why is it that you guys are doing this is it because of the whole diversity thing is it because you're trying to get cool points with the quote-unquote woke culture you know are you trying to win a certain group over i.e black people because it, and now that I'm thinking about it, Crystal, and one of the screenshots I had sent you is that, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask the question of what if Disney is trying to tap into African mythology and cosmology and ours and, you know, African and black people's spiritual systems of thoughts? Would do you think that that is why they chose to have Holly play a mermaid? knowing what mermaids and the sea deities and stuff like that mean to you know those who practice atr african traditional religions because you know as you know there are different deities within the african traditional religions such as your moja otherwise known as your maya from the yoruba system and yoruba system of um belief and faith and she is represented by fish much like the symbol for christ and this tradition dates back over five thousand years then you have another person or deity like mami wata who is from another group of collective water spirits that's worshipped in both West Africa and the Caribbeans and also originates from the Boudon system that is over 6,000 years old. Then, of course, you have another, um, and Mami Wata, she's also known as La Sirene, meaning the siren. And we all know how, you know, what sirens mean, and because people think sirens come from the Greek mythology, but no, they come from African mythology. So... I say that to say, again, do you think that Disney is trying to tap into African mythology, but they're doing it in a way that's like, okay, instead of us creating a whole different princess, we're just going to, you know, just race swap uh, Ariel and y'all just going to have to deal with it? You know, that's a really good question. And let me see if I can try to pick it apart. Um, I don't... I think that Disney, they might be attempting to do that, and that is 
it is such a slippery slope because look what they kind of did with uh coco you know Um, (laughs) they after they had brought that movie that movie is beautiful it's fantastic you know my my husband and i happened to go see that after the passing of his father you Mm -hmm. know so that whole connection of like they're waiting for us on the other side and they come to visit us during you know dia de muertos is so incredibly important and you know it, it not just only you know uh, from a cultural perspective but also the fact that you know my husband and i also believe that you know the ancestors can walk during you know sowing during our sabbath so that was very important but then disney turned around and tried to what's the word uh essentially tried to put their uh copyright they tried to like copyright de la muertos oh wow are you serious yes jesus christ dude you should look at you should look it up it was it was uh it blew my mind i'm like you can't you can't do that you cannot you cannot rubber stamp someone's culture so you can sell t-shirts like what is wrong with you so Mm-mm-mm. they did that well they tried to do that but then of course you know the latina and you know um that section of people were like excuse you no i don't think so so they were like oh no wait no no we never did that no that wasn't sorry yeah and i'm <laughs> looking know? it up right now and i'm y'all i am really in shock that disney really tr- but see and that's the danger when you, when it comes to a corporation and an entity like disney to where they feel like oh let's copyright and trademark a a pr- tradition and practice within the latin culture and latin community they're not gonna mind we just want to sell merchandise but see that is the problem with the commodification of a people whether it's the latin community the black community the asian community southeast asian the arabic community muslim whatever the case is it's like we have to really gatekeep and it goes back to my episode with lilith uh with with another guest of mine we have to really practice gatekeeping especially us as black people i'm talking to my black people now we have to really practice gatekeeping and stop allowing for folks who don't look like us to make us feel bad about it because i'm gonna tell you this right now you tried to set up shop as a black person you try to set up a store in in a Chinatown, they're not going to let it happen. Or even if you do set it up, they're going to do everything they can to antagonize you, bully you, and make it to where you want to get the hell up out of their neighborhood, right? And they're going to get away with that. You go to, you know, a, an, an, an Arabic neighborhood or a Latino neighborhood and try to set up shop. Like, again, they support their own full throttle. But they don't, and they really have, it's as quiet as it's kept, they don't really allow outsiders into their spaces. So why do we then allow others into our spaces? Because these will be the same people that kick us out and then try to copyright shit like, you know, voodoo and hoodoo and different days and spiritual practices within our, in our culture as well. So that just, that really blows my mind that Disney really tried to trademark Dia de los Muertes. Like what the entire... Oof, what the entire fuck for real <laughs> right like so that for me there's a di- that's why i say there's a danger there it's like if they're going to tap into african spirituality with you know like mommy wata and all of that type of stuff what's the next step 
Are you going to be like, well, now we're going to patent or try to put a copyright on these practices? And that includes all Haitian practices, all voodoo, all hoodoo, all voodoo, all, all of it. It's going to be under our umbrella because da 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 da, you know? Oh, not the Disney thing. <laughs> God, I hope that doesn't, you don't get taken down. Oh, God, for real, because that's. But that's literally what it'll end up being is that people will then associate it with because see oh see and I just thought about it. That basically waters down the our our culture and everything and again the Disneyfication. That just waters us down. And it's just that's unfortunate. No, no pun intended for the little mermaid right now. That part, no pun intended, but that is just really Damn, I'm really thinking about it now because it's so because of the controversy and the backlash. Of course, you have everybody like there was this one chick um, from the Real Housewives of Potomac uh, where it's predominantly it's all black uh, cast, and she was like, "Oh well, them white folks can stay mad. I'm finna buy a theater out when this movie drops to you know show support and stuff like that." But it's like it's making me think that the amount of support that this movie is about to get from black people, I feel like this is going to be flipped and used to our demise, and that definitely frightens me because apparently um i was talking to another friend a while ago and he was saying that there was another lawsuit with disney and marvel when it comes to the black panther film so apparently they were trying to like i'm trying to remember the story they were trying to like copyright something or they were using like no not that they were copywriting something they were using real african languages and ancient languages and traditions and spirituality and themes like that and there was a tribe of people in Africa, I forget where from in the continent of Africa, but they had approached Disney and Marvel and was like, hey, y'all got to cut this out. You can't keep certain stuff in this movie because this is real life practices and magic and things that you are dealing with and messing with, attempting to mess with, that you don't know what this will unleash onto the masses and the overall world. So it just goes to show that it's like Disney likes to really think that they're untouchable. And I just, I really pray that with the amount of support that this film gets it isn't it, it does not turn around and become to our demise you know yeah i mean exactly that's why it is it's so hard to kind of like talk about and express my feelings on it because on one hand i don't want any little black girl or black woman black teenager anyone to not see themselves on screen because that's really messed up and i've seen video footage you know of, of you know little little black girls and stuff just full-on excited for this portrayal in a live action which is very heartwarming and i think it's fantastic but i'm a suspicious bitch so i'm always like but what's your real motive, Disney? Because I know, because you and I have talked about it for years, like a lot of people in the black community have said, you did Tiana, cool. When are we getting another black princess? Like, is that in the works? When are we gonna do that? And to me, doing the casting the way that they've done for The Little Mermaid feels like, here's your black princess, now shut the fuck up. Okay, and then what's even more crazy is that, like, because apparently the, um, the, because Ariel's sisters, the girls who play her sisters in the movie, they, the picture for them had got leaked, not them on set, but the women who would be playing her sisters, and two of them are white, but because they're not, of course, redheads, of course, you know, white folks are still pissed about that, but 
Yeah, it, it does feel like it is it is a um a dog whistle of sorts. Like, okay, y'all, we gave y'all this animated black princess after almost like seventy to eighty years of not having one. Y'all need to shut the fuck up. Okay, now we're doing everything live action. Huh. Well, it's gonna be a while before we do Tiana. So let's just use ah, let's use Ariel. All right, y'all. Here's the live action black princess. So shut the fuck up. It does seem like that is what it's giving is that it's like yo we're doing this now shut up and leave us alone stop complaining but i feel like it's like if we don't keep voicing our our, our opinion if we don't keep asking and requ shit fuck requesting if we don't keep demanding for representation we're not going to get it so yes we do need to see a live action princess tiana because she is the first black disney princess among the animated circle ariel was white up until now of course there's the white ariel from the animated version but when it comes to the live action universe ariel is now black so it's like you know it feels like it's a it's a cop-out of sorts but i don't want to take away from as you said like the million the thousands and hundreds upon millions of black girls who want to see this movie and are so excited to see a girl who looks like them whether they are you know the dark for the darkest of us and when it comes to skin tone brown light skin mixed whatever the case is but they are happy to see that a girl who is black is a princess now of course I will say that I wish she had a black prince, but you know what? I already knew that, all right, there ain't no way Disney finna give us two uh, black people being in love and falling in love in a movie. No, 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 no. Even though they did that in Tiana, but there was no way they was going to give us a black Eric. So I was like, hmm. And, and, and Crystal will even tell y'all, I called that shit out and I was like, girl, they finna have her, her, her floating and chasing this, chasing behind this white man. I, I just, I'm already going to call it, but that's. You know, that's another another part of their agenda and programming, but I'm going to let them have it for now. I'm going to let them have it for now. It's, I mean, that was something else that I kind of had, uh, I wrote down kind of in my notes here. Um, if we're, someone had compared uh, this new uh, Little Mermaid to being the, the 1997 Brandy Cinderella, um, they're like, well, that was a multiracial cast, so I don't really know what the uh, the big deal is. Um, and I'm like, I'm gonna kind of tell you what the big deal is. Um, there were there were four uh, white people in the 1997 Cinderella. One of them was a servant, a king, a stepmother, and the uh, stepsister. And then there were three black people. I hate to break it down by the numbers like this, but it's just how my brain works. So just bear with me. I apologize. Um, yeah, take your time. You're all good. So there was three. There was three black people. The main character, Cinderella, who will be a princess and then a queen after she marries the prince, and then an actual queen being played by Whoopi Goldberg and the fairy godmother. These are very strong, strong female roles for you know black girls to see themselves in and of course you have the prince who was you know filipino um so and that was the adaptation of the rogers and hammerstein cinderella from 1957 that was actually made for tv that particular version and the 90 the 97 version are an adaptation of Rodgers and Hammerstein, which is essentially a musical that they made. You might have noticed that it was not an adaptation of 
the Disney Cinderella was completely different. Uh, okay, let them know the difference. Okay, I feel like this episode we really finna be educating folks. Like, cause folks, yeah. first of all, here's the thing. Going back, speaking of adaptation, this Little Mermaid is just that, y'all. It is an adaptation, just like the cartoon from 1989 was an adaptation of a fucking book that was written in 1883, which none of y'all except well, except for the ancestors of ours and forefathers for you former slave owners were around and even and, and speaking of the 1883 you know what's really interesting is that y'all fail to realize something real pivotal is that the way the, the the sheer amount of ignorance that is coming from y'all is why we once again in our generation just like our ancestors we have to teach y'all and educate y'all once again because during the reconstruction era that was when our ancestors black people had created the public school system for the benefit of white kids whose piss poor ass parents couldn't afford private tutors let's really keep it real so if me and my good sis crystal gotta educate y'all we will fucking do that but you know what before we continue this educational reading of you ignorant idiots we are going to be right back after we do a quick little commercial break because y'all already know the prince has to pay some bills to keep the palace afloat Hey guys, what's going on? It's your good guy here, Prince Onyx. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder once again. Please be sure to leave a five-star rating and a comment and tell a friend to tell a friend. Because when this show grows, so do you as the royal court. So I want to thank y'all again for tuning in and just give a friendly reminder to be sure that you are sharing with your friends, your family, your lovers, hell, your one-off, jump-off, whatever the case is, and let them know the royal hour is the place to be and the podcast you want to listen to. And now back to the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Royal Hour Podcast with your good guy here, Prince Onyx. And I'm joined back, well, joined with, and I still have my good sis, Crystal Mary. Had to take a brief break, pay some bills, but we are back. So Crystal, where do we want to pick up with this Little Mermaid controversy? Because I feel like we need to do a little bit of story time see i wish i had a little sound effect but you know maybe in the future y'all manifesting that but anyway let's start with some story time about the real true origins of the little mermaid yeah so this is another reason why i did want to i did want to talk about this because you have all of these other fairy tales right you got cinderella dating back to egyptian times or i should say uh greco back 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 times um you have beauty and the beast that have all of these you know, stories all across the continent about women, you know, marrying beastly men. They turn out to be princes, all the bits. But The Little Mermaid, like you said, it was written, you know, in the 1800s by uh, Hans Christian Andersen, who, hmm, we will kind of get into his personality, I think, maybe, like, I can keep that towards the end so I don't get distracted. No problem, no problem. uh, Because let me tell you, that boy had some problems, but anyway. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, okay, 18, 1845 was when the publishing happened for The Little Mermaid, and the story kind of goes like this. So there's this beautiful kingdom under the ocean. Uh, you know, there there's the king of the ocean. I guess we'll just call him King Triton, just mm-hmm. for the sake of things. So, you know, yeah. King Triton is, you know, he's got this beautiful thing, and he has these beautiful daughters. He also has a mom, too. So that's like, they have a grandmother. Mm, See, I did not know that. Fun fact. Yeah, like, where's the grandmother? Um, No no grandma here, apparently, in Disney's version. But anyway, so, um, 
So there's a tradition apparently amongst merfolk when when the mer children turn 16 years old, they are allowed to go to the surface and they can take a look around, see what the other world has to offer, then come home and tell everyone else about it. And they're like, okay, cool. So all the sisters, they go, they go because you know Ariel, not called Ariel, she's actually just called the Little Mermaid. So the Little Mermaid's waiting. She's like, okay, all my sisters have gone up there, and they have told me like all of these beautiful stories about green grass and castles and sunsets and oh i can't wait to go up there and see and you know she's she does she already has this little grotto of her own you know she's got this statue of this beautiful boy that fell out of some ship and that's like her thing and for the record triton's not like a racist in this version the way he is in the disney version but we'll get to that He doesn't care that she's got human stuff, <laughs> okay? Um, no swinging that triton around to destroy a whole bunch of knickknacks. But anyway, Damn. so <laughs> and I killed I killed Onyx. <laughs> oh no, nah, y'all y'all just don't understand because like like I told y'all, my sister Crystal is very passionate, and I'm that's why I'm like. I'm letting her take the wheel for this episode. So I know y'all probably like, damn, Onyx ain't talking a lot. Look, I'm letting my sister take the wheel on this because I got something later for y'all. But that just took me out because I didn't, again, like, sorry to interrupt. It's just the fact that, again, we don't realize how much is taken out of these stories in order to make it more palatable to the masses. Because at the end of the day, it all boils down to the bottom line, meaning the dollar dollar bill, y'all. Come on now. But anyway, continue. Okay, so she goes up there, she pops her head out of the water, and she sees this ship in the middle of the ocean, and she's like, okay, that's interesting, I'm going to go swim towards that, so she does, and she gets to the little porthole, and she looks through, and oh, there's a party going on, and it's super cool, and she sees this beautiful prince with blue eyes, Mm, he's gorgeous, right, and she's instantly in love with him, she just watches him the whole night, she's like, oh, mm, that's my bae. Um, and then a storm happens and the whole nine yards, the waves are just kicking up. They're going crazy and the ship fucking splits in half and everyone's drowning. And the little mermaid is like, oh my God, I have got to save the prince. So she dives down and she pulls him up out of the water and she takes him to nearby shore. And she's just kind of like, you know, okay, is he okay? Is he okay? He's he appears to be breathing, so I, I guess that's a good sign. Um, and then all of a sudden, there's bing, there's a sound of a little bell up on the hill, and a bunch of these women from like this convent kind of school area, oh, school, that's what it is, they're all at school, they come down to the beach, and the Little Mermaid, of course, is like, ah, people, so she jumps into the water, and she kind of swims, but she peeks behind a rock. And the prince is lying there on the beach, and here comes the, uh, these women. Now, one of the women detaches herself from the group, and she goes over, like, like, hello, sir, are you okay? And the prince wakes up, and he sees this woman, and he's like, oh, what a beautiful woman. You clearly pulled me from the water. You saved my life. Yeah. And, I was, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, <clears throat> okay, this story, sorry, pause. Like, this story, I have had a beef with the prince from The Little Mermaid, for years this this is a long-running vendetta for me so (laughs) um 
he goes away with these women and the little mermaid is she's very very sad she's like oh he, he doesn't even know he doesn't even know that i saved him like i'm i'm the one that did it so she swims home and she she's very very distraught and for the next like week or so she's really depressed and her sisters are like what's wrong with you like like you you got a thing like like let's go sing let's go frolic let's be beautiful mermaids like girl what's wrong with you and she's just like mm, grandma how would i ever go about becoming a human and her grandma is kind of like that's kind of an impossible wish honey but you know we are different mermaids we are so different from those land folk you know um we don't have souls the way humans do when we die we just become sea foam but you know humans have this eternal soul that lives on forever and ever and ever and the little mermaid is like well how can i go about getting a soul and her grandma says a human man would have to love you with his whole heart and then once he you know what you know once he you guys mm-hmm. would become one the legend is that half of his soul would flow into your body and you would finally obtain a human soul god damn that is deep jesus christ no wonder they didn't have you know what i feel like i feel like disney was like you know what we already had one old lady in um in cinderella the fairy godmother no more old bitches after that (laughs) (laughs) i mean there is that true but if you i mean again this is my brain taking it to like the suspicious bitch place but i'm like how fucked up is it that it's like all right now ariel is black cool going by hans christian anderson now she also doesn't have a soul either now right. that part okay because i'm like damn so now not only is she a negro but a negro with no soul oh my god like people finna be so pissed off about that <laughs> yeah. to which yeah. i say i've never li- i've never liked that personally like from hans christian anderson i'm always like how how very dare you <laughs> you know like okay. like if if because he was a christian man you know, i'm about to drag christianity a little bit but you know if drag if it if you were a Christian man and everything under the sun is made by God, that you're essentially saying that mermaids were not in his plan and he didn't make them. Why would he make them without a soul? That part. Like, and, and really, that goes back to what you had asked earlier about why is it that they have, you know, um, Holly playing a, a fiction, you know, a mythological creature, a beast of sorts. And then when, because we were talking off, uh, I was going to say off camera, but off mic, we were talking about how um, David, uh, Davey Diggs, he is playing the voice of Sebastian. So we won't see him on camera because he'll be voicing this crab, which people were upset about that too, about, oh, well, the, the, the fish and the crab won't look like how they look like in a fucking cartoon. It's like, girl, what I want, I'm asking the audience this, what crab do you know looks like Sebastian in real, in, in real life? Think quickly. And what fish do you know looks like uh, damn! What was the name of the fish? The yellow and blue one. Flounder. Flounder. What? What? What fish and what sea creatures do y'all know really look like them? It was a cartoon, y'all. Come the fuck on. But anyway, it's like it goes to show this. Like again, why is it? Cause see, now we're really getting deep with this. Like, so she doesn't have a soul, according to the original story. Um, in order to obtain a soul, the man has to love her with his whole heart, and at least half of his soul would just jump into her. And it, it just wow, that is really. Yeah, we pulling back some layers. We are really pulling back some layers. Continue, because that's just, that really got my mind like, whoa. It's, yeah, it, it, it's about to get so much worse. No, Lord. So, um, 
So she's like, okay, the little mermaid is in her little garden and she's holding onto her prince statue and she's so sad and she's just like, I cannot take this depression anymore. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna go to the sea witch. Maybe she can help me. So she does. She goes to the like the deepest, blackest, scariest part of the ocean. And I'm afraid of the ocean, so that's all of the ocean to me, but I digress. Um, and you know, the the castle for the sea, which is this, uh, it's made out of the bones of drowned sailors, you know, it's very goth, very, I want that to be my house. <laughs> um, but she, she swims in there and immediately the sea, which is like, I know what you want. I know exactly what you want. You want to marry the pretty prince and you want to obtain a human soul so you can live forever. And the little mermaid is just like, yeah, how'd you know that? And she's kind of like, bitch, I'm a witch. What do you want? So okay. She's like, she's like, but, you know, I don't do anything for nothing. You're going to have to give me something here if you're going to obtain these legs that I'm about to, you know, give to you. You have the most beautiful voice out of all of your sisters. I want it. So the little mermaid thinks about it and she's like, this is for the prince. So she opens up her mouth and the sea witch cuts her tongue out of her mouth. Just takes it right out. Damn, now you know what? Thank God Disney uh, changed that because I would not want to see. Look, Chad, I ain't trying to look. Y'all know I'd look. As much as I'm a horror filmmaker, I'm sorry, but I would not want to see this black mermaid get her tongue snatched out by this sea witch. I, God damn. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. Side note again. Uh, yeah, Ursula is also being played by a white woman. Ooh. Mm. Can we wake that up? Can we wake that up? Because she was originally, well, for the animated version, she was based off of a drag queen. Oops. In case y'all don't remember or don't know or don't want to acknowledge, but wow. <laughs> yeah. But, and also the kind of the ooh, implication of a of a white woman stealing stealing a black girl's voice. The, like they steal everything else. Okay, you already yeah. know, Crystal. The Kelly Ann's of the world love to rock the box braids, but as soon as they hair start falling out, it's oh my god, I should have never did. That. Well, gee, I wonder why Kelly Ann and Sarah Sarah Bay. I wonder why. I wonder. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe Disney's making a statement with that casting choice then. I feel like they are because I feel like see and now it's see now to take a little bit of a of a side turn. It's like, okay, so y'all have Melissa McCarthy playing her. Even though Lizzo was trying to get the role, people were suggesting Queen Latifah. Like, people wanted to see a black woman in that role, but y'all went with a white woman. So then it's like, okay, what's the deeper, what are you guys trying to say right here? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the message we're sending out here? Oh, oh yeah, that that is true. Oh, sorry, I just had this awful, no, I'm not going there, I'm, uh oh. Uh oh. Uh -oh. I'm, I'm sorry. I had this awful image of her. I know she's probably going to turn into, you know, Vanessa, but <laughs> wouldn't it be kind of ucky? It would be ucky if she changed herself into a black girl. You know, if Disney did that, Crystal, do y'all, do you not know? I want you to really imagine how people are going to tear them theaters up if she did that. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> If she turn, if she turns herself in, if Vanessa goes from being a white girl in the animated version to a, but but wait a minute though, it may oh crap, it oh, makes God. sense what? because she, it makes sense because think about it, she wouldn't 
turn herself into a white girl because Ariel is oh damn yeah she gonna turn herself into a black girl damn <laughs> oh shit I'm hollering damn oh this movie finna be true you know what I'm gonna let y'all I'm gonna let the people have it I'm gonna let y'all go see it but um yeah I don't think I'm gonna be participating in that number because I am not that's gonna be so much cultural appropriation so much I mean we don't we don't know that that's going to happen but if it did I uh uh I don't know. Too I, many feelings. That part too. Look, too many to pronounce or feel at this point. Cause God, I just thought about that. I, I'm calling it now. She's gonna turn into a black girl. She has to because she can't just up and turn uh, uh, into a white girl. And it's I'll like, oh. Say, I'll just say uh, the audacity and hope that that is not the turn that they that they take with it because. Cause that's gonna be that, fucked up, child. The gall and the gumption. Gross. That's gonna be gross. Baby. Please don't let that happen. Yeah, look, if Disney values their bank account, they won't. <laughs> anyway, so moving on from from that. Uh, um. So she cuts her tongue out, and then um, she's like, "Okay, take this potion." and go to the steps of the palace and you're going to drink it you will get legs but every single time you walk it's going to feel like knives are stabbing your feet and the mermaid's like this is for the prince it's mm. all good mm -mm -mm. I, I can do this yeah. so she does she's like you know now she she can't talk she's got a potion she goes all the way up and she you know finds the the steps of the palace she drinks the potion and it hurts so bad she passes out damn when she wakes up she's got these beautiful beautiful legs couldn't ask for a better set of gams and the prince is standing over there and he you know he's he's standing over her like where did you come from but of course she can't say anything so she just smiles up at him like hi you're pretty <laughs> And so he he takes her into his palace, and he essentially kind of sets her up as his ward, so to speak. Um, you know, takes care of her, feeds her, clothes her, does all the things. Turns out, even though her voice is gone, she is now the prettiest dancer on land. She's just fantastic. So... You kind of get the sense that the entire time that she's hanging out with the prince, she's really, really hoping that he's falling in love with her. But he keeps saying this bullshit nonsense about, like, you remind me of the girl that saved me. Too bad you can't talk. You know? Um, because the girl that saved me can talk. And he just kind of keeps doing this over and over again. And, you know, she's just, every time, you know, he does that, she kind of gets, you know, a little sad. But she's also like, but he's still spending time with me. So this is good, right? We're making progress towards maybe marriage. That'd be fantastic. Well, no go. Because his mom and dad come to him and they're like, look, you're a prince. You got to do your duty. There is this princess that lives in another kingdom and you need to go and marry her because these are the rules. See, just, see, just like in Game of Thrones. Yeah, just like in Game of Thrones. Arranged marriages. Okay. He's like, okay, I can do it. And he's really sad. You know, he comes a little mermaid and he's like, he's like, 
I, you know, I've, I've got to marry this woman, but, you know, she's not going to be the same. She's never going to be like the woman that saved me. Not like you, honey. Um, mm-hmm. And then, they, yeah, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I've never, I'm just, why would you get mm-hmm. the implications of just like, you're not like the other girl that I, you know, is that I'm always like, hey, you'll never be as good as this other woman. Just, mm-hmm. That's, that's bugged me since I was about seven years old. But anyway, they get on a boat, they go to this other kingdom, and as soon as that prince steps off, you know, the dock onto the shore, he sees the princess, and guess who it is? It's the woman that found his ass on the beach the night that the Little Mermaid saved him. Siege. Oh, mm. And he's so excited, and he's like, oh my god, it's you, the woman that saved me. Oh, you know what? Cool, we're gonna get married. And he looks at Little Mermaid, and he's like, I am so, I'm so happy. Like, this this day just couldn't get any better. And the Little Mermaid's heart is just broken. Because there was a little bit of a caveat to becoming human. Forgot to mention, the sea witch told her, if he marries someone else, and you don't get the soul, um, you will turn into sea foam. That is, that is your thing. You will be a human for a while, but if you don't get the goods... You're just gonna die. Jesus that's how Christ! Magic works. Basically, you try, and that's the thing. And truth be told, it's a give and take when it comes to the world of magic. Trust you are y'all are listening to two practitioners right now, and we 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 speak from experience. But there are other people who speak from experience who can speak from experience too. True, exactly. So I mean, that's the deal she signed up for. So now she's like, okay. As soon as the sun rises after, you know, the wedding, I'm going to be gone. So she's there at the wedding. She's like the freaking bridesmaid, right? It's like, hey, honey, cool. You know, here's my new wifey. Um, mm-hmm. And she's just super, super depressed. She dances her last dance, you know, at the wedding. And then everyone goes to bed. And the Little Mermaid, is she can't sleep. She is looking out at the water, and she's like, okay, this this is it. This is the end. I'm just going to wait here until I'm, I'm done. And then all of a sudden, her sisters come up out of the water, and their heads are all, like, shaved and shorn, like, close cropped to their head. And they call out to her, and they say, sister, we sold our hair to the sea witch to bring this knife to you. If you, if you kill the prince... And his blood splashes on your feet. You will turn into a mermaid again. You can come home. And you can you can be with us. You can be with your family. Please, please, please come home. We love you so much. We miss you. We don't want you to die. Sweet Jesus. Now she got... My God. We dealing with murder? Jesus Christ. <laughs> haven't even gotten... Yeah, it's... Oh, it gets what? Um, so she takes the knife. She goes to the bedroom where the prince and his bride are sleeping and she looks down at him and she thinks about it and she's almost about ready to plunge the knife into his heart, but she just says she loves him so much she can't do it. Mm. So she throws the knife into the water and it turns this black inky color where, you know, the, the knife falls and she jumps into the water and she starts to dissolve into sea foam because by that point the sun has risen. Oh, damn. So in that in that that is originally where he kind of left it. Um 
but there was a secondary ending that he added later because essentially she committed suicide in order to, you know, not do the evil act of killing someone. And then someone came to Anderson and was like, you know, that's a little, that's a little much. Could you maybe give it a slightly lighter ending? And he's like, okay, fine. So in the secondary version, as her body is kind of turning to sea foam, all of a sudden she feels herself being lifted up out of the water and she's flying and there's all these little cherubs around her and she's like, where am I? I have my voice back. How did that happen? And they're like, you did such a good thing by, you know, not killing the prince. You did a selfless act and now you will become one of us, the daughters of the air. They're essentially in purgatory for like a thousand years. And it's like she can go to heaven still she can still obtain like her human soul but it all kind of hinges on mostly kids being good like if children are good she gets closer to heaven if children are bad she gets like not like like she gets lesser to heaven it's it's a weird purgatory totally tacked on ending but that's the end Mm -hmm. that is the original Little Jesus Christ. Like, I'm just, like, I'm in shock. <laughs> I am in shock. Like, that is crazy. Wow. So, either way, and really, what's even more crazy and fucked up about it and twisted is that either way, in either ending, she still low-key gets fucked. Like, you know, in the first one, yes, she committed suicide. Then the second one, it's like, oh, well, okay, you didn't kill the prince, so just come to purgatory with us. But you only get closer to heaven based on some damn children? What the... Child. She she can't win. She can't win for losing. She can't win for losing. God damn. No. And here's the thing about Hans Christian Andersen. Like, he's... He's kind of the worst in terms of personality. Like, Mm. most of the stories that he wrote um, had to deal with, you know, not not obtaining love because he could literally find no one to uh, be his partner, essentially, because dude was weird. Like, in a... In a, in a not cool way like he was like anti-semitic and you know oh. he was afraid of poor people like Jesus he would go Christ. into like town squares and stuff and be like oh the children are, o- are over there do you think they're going to pickpocket us wow and he wonders why he couldn't find nobody child art imitates life and life imitates art as the saying yeah. goes it's just uh, and you know and he like he stalked charles dickens like you know just uh just all that he wanted to be seen as such a serious folklorist even though he was writing his own folklore based off of stories that he would hear from other people and then he would kind of translate it and put it into like his tales wow so, so basically he was copywriting then a little bit a little bit damn thief yeah, not the best guy, you know. Um, as much thief. as I do love the story of the Little Mermaid, even though it makes me super mad every time I read the original, because that prince kills me every time. Chad, I could see why you got beef with him, because damn, he really he switched up on her, and ended yeah. up marrying a chick yep. who he thought saved him, <laughs> but the one who did was right there, but couldn't even talk. Wow, Jesus Christ! You know what? I'm gonna give Disney they credit because ain't no way in hell they was gonna ever let that shit fly. No. Ain't no way in hell they was gonna let that shit fly. My God, today. We're gonna give y'all a little bit of credit, Disney, because God, I can see why y'all had to change that story. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's a doozy to, to kind of work around, but it's kind of 
The source material for The Little Mermaid is probably, I would say, but this is just my opinion, uh, it's probably way more tragic than okay. you know, Cinderella yeah. or Beauty and the Beast. At least those have strong heroines that at least triumph in the end and don't fucking die. Okay. It's another interesting thing as well. It's an it, it's part of why of why I'm really really suspicious of of the casting. It's just because I'm like, a Little Mermaid, huh? The most tragic out of all of them. And okay. and and again, it's almost like okay, let's give black people something, but let's give them because again, how many of uh, I don't know too many black people who know the who know the origins like what you just broke down of the Little Mermaid. I don't know enough who know the true origins, and they probably don't because you know again, it's it's you know from what we've seen in the animated version. Oh, it's just a little white girl floating in the sea. Da 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 da. She falls in love with a white dude. So you know nobody's gonna really do the research and just in general the the masses and the general population are not going to do unless you're into the the harbor and the occult and the stuff you know like me and crystal we're into into that dark gothic shit but aside from us we don't know too many people who actually know the origins or at least i don't speaking for myself i don't know enough people who know the origins of the little mermaid so as y'all just have heard here that the this was the origins of it she got a tongue cut out her sisters cut off their hair and gave it to the witch just to give her a knife to kill the prince she didn't kill the prince and then she ended up turning into foam so she committed suicide but then in the alternate version she gets saved but up you're in purgatory and again you can climb the stairway to heaven based on some fucking ass children and if they some some little snotty nose ass kids being nice and good in life like girl that phew Jesus Christ, at least in the Little Red Riding Hood, we know that she got swallowed up and gobbled up by the wolf, but that's a whole nother conversation for another episode. Oh, yeah, I love the Little, the little Red Riding Hood. That's my favorite fairy tale. I love talking about that shit. Okay, so yeah, that just... Man, I mean, I'll give it to Disney, but yeah, it just does beg the question on the casting. Like, here's the thing. It's like, okay, so you gave us you gave us a Black Mermaid, but her father is like is being played by a Latino uh, actor, so I'm just like, damn, she couldn't have a black father. Of course, in the original, she, but the mother was, you know, gone. So, you know, but even if they wanted to flip it and be like, all right, well, let's give her a mom. I'm pretty sure the mom would have maybe have been black. I don't know, but it's like just certain things I knew when this casting was when the whole idea for this film, this production came into place. I knew certain things were going to be a certain way. Like I knew we were going to get a white Eric. I, I just knew that it's like, all right, they gave us a black Ariel, but they're not going to give us a black Eric because they, they want to inspire the black girls, but they don't want to really make them believe that, oh, yeah, you know, a black prince is worthy of your love and he's out there. It's like, oh, nope, here's a white one. It, yeah. I, again, maybe the, the read on some of the casting no, like I told you, like my, my brain goes down the like so many deep, like dark places and maybe I'm overthinking it, but I do kind of want to know your opinion on it, Onyx. Like if, so we know that Triton is a racist, right? Like he's like, you can't hang out with those humans because they're fish eaters, they're murderers, all this stuff. Because like in The Little Mermaid 3, we kind of see why it's because they killed his wife. Like I get that. Right. Oh wow! Okay, see, I did not know that. Damn. Yeah, and no one really likes The Little Mermaid three, by the way. Like the only okay, the only good properties of The Little Mermaid, I'm I'm gonna say it, and I don't care. People can can at me. I don't care. Is the TV series that was in the '90s 
and the small little book series that came out from I think it was Scholastic, also in the nineties. Oh yeah, you know Scholastics, they ran the nineties and the early two thousands, child. When whenever that book fair came around to school, you know what time it was. <laughs> yeah, it was super good. But the, those properties, they expanded the Mer universe because we spend the entire time in the ocean. There is an entire book for the Little Mermaid, one of the little Scholastic ones, about a queen and. Indian mermaid who comes from who is the ruler of the Indian Ocean and she comes to visit Trident like that happened oh but you know what okay because now off mic we were talking right and you said that there was an Indi a Southeast Asian an Indian woman who was cast in an un undisclosed role what if yes. they low-key are trying to merge different parts of the Little Mermaid um I guess you would call it folklore. Yeah. What if they're trying to merge different parts, like from the book and maybe from like, uh, maybe mermaid, the little mermaid three, where we may get a flashback of what happened to Ariel's mom, Trident's wife. I feel like, okay. I feel like the movie may fuck around and like be like they They pulled from all of these different parts within the, the fan, not the fan fiction, but the uh, folklore. And they're putting it all together in one movie. So that it kind of isn't the story is more cohesive. What do you think? I would give them props if they actually took the time to look at the material that they've already uh, done and then decided, you know what, let's let's bring it back. Then I I would probably be like, okay, that's that's actually pretty fantastic. You guys didn't just chuck it out the window and go, oh, that work we did, yeah, fuck it, we're just mm -mm, we're not going to do that. But if they did go back and they did do that, that would be pretty substantial and would be worth the definitely two-hour movie that it's going to more than likely be yeah it would be worth it i feel like because it just really like when you brought up that part about the indian mermaid queen i was like okay well we talked about this off mic so i'm like oh shit i think i kind of am picking up on what they might do but who knows you know i mean uh, I'm just still not over the fact that her sisters really get well, there's a few things I'm not I'm still not over but her sisters happen to give up their hair to give her this damn blade to kill Eric god damn that, that always kind of got me as a kid too I'm like you mean Ariel could have just given her hair over to get legs that part she would have just been bald headed but child, she just would have had to rock a cap for a while or rock a little hat or whatever in it for a while that's all yeah, I mean, but I guess the magic was completely different because, you know, it's it's legs versus, uh, you know, an, an imbued knife. Uh, I don't True. know. It's, it's sea witch magic. Um, okay, and, and <laughs> Ursula definitely is giving, you know what, Ursula gives me very much like a trickster spirit. Like, she's one of those people who is like, she'll say one thing but mean a totally different other or there's another option but she's not going to tell you that other option and you won't find that out until later and you're just like well ain't this about a bitch <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's very uh it is very bad um that part. so mm -mm -mm. Uh, yeah I, I i hope that that they would that they would do something like that because then i'd be i'd be more here for it to watch that incorporation then just you know they're like well we're just going to do this movie shot for shot from the animated version and that's that's it and that would be honestly if they did a shot for shot from the animated version it would be lazy so that's why i'm hoping they actually throw they throw them different things in there because that would be very dope because it's like 
you gotta tr I feel like I love when filmmakers and when production studios trick you into thinking that oh this is an adaptation for well, not trick you because it is an adaptation of whatever form of literature or animated movie or whatever the case is right but this is, is you won't see all the different twists and turns until you actually go to see the movie and I'm not gonna lie while having this conversation for this episode i think i may fuck around and go see it i'm probably gonna be rolling off an of edible but that's yeah, you know that's a whole nother fair. story rolling off an of edible and maybe a, a drink or two just to get through it because i'm like ooh, child i'm telling i just uh crystal y'all y'all crystal understands it it's like girl if i see holly kiss that well ariel i gotta call it by character name if i see her fl really floating behind this white boy girl it's gonna take everything in me not to just walk out <laughs> it's gonna take everything in me not to be like all right hit the spongebob meme all right i'm gonna head out <laughs> i mean they are in such an interesting position to do some interesting things because even as as far as recently i i've seen fan art of it but i saw an official uh box uh it was a it was a board game but i saw it the other day at my uh local game shop and ariel is on there white ariel but but she's she's holding the trident mm. and i was like i wonder if they're gonna take that angle with it because that would be kind of interesting a little strange though because she's the youngest daughter so she wouldn't necessarily be in line to the throne next that's not how that works but how interesting would it be if they were going with that angle with now you know ariel gets to rule the the seven seas after her father that part so it's like it's a lot of different angles that they can really take this from because again we only saw just the part of her singing you know to be a part of your world and then there was of course some leaked uh video of her of the the more of the song the because they only showed like the official little teaser but of course somebody in the in at, down to the d23 just had to sneak their phone in there and record it um which i'm like chad i'm gonna be honest with y'all y'all gonna get enough of that doing that shit even though granted you know those of us who don't attend these festivals unfortunately we you know we appreciate it you know i mean i appreciate a good bootlegger here and there but it's like chad Y'all better be careful, cause uh, y'all know Marvel and Disney don't do not play. Okay, they want they want to make their money back and then some. Child, fuck around and Stop be it. like, you know, we're gonna have to snatch facts. phones at the door. <laughs> Wait, what was that? That's that's facts. They just they they're coming for you. Okay, fuck around and be snatching phones at the door. Be be putting it in a lockbox. You be like, you better hope we do give you give you your phone back and not someone else's. No, that's that's true. Ugh, they're so guarded mm. with their with their everything like, oh, okay that's, that's why i'm like baby okay man but it's just yeah i mean this has really been an interesting conversation though like i have i've learned a lot today again the origin story which i'm just still like in awe about and i just i'm just glad that i was able to hold space for my friend crystal like for real y'all don't understand this girl has been with me since day fucking one since she had found me on youtube one day and i i, I believe that was by design because i was talking about ironically cultural appropriation and she had commented about it you know in support of what i uh, in support of my argument of why cultural appropriation is bad and we just clicked ever since like this girl really has came through for me in so many ways y'all don't understand that's why i'm baking her up that's why like really this is practically her episode and i'm just here in singing in the background i'm just here in the background because that's what i want to do more often with my guests is i want to give them you know share my platform with them because 
this and I know I'm probably I'm I'm definitely pivoting off of our topic, but I, I but follow with me, y'all. The Royal Hour means so much to me because just like my confusion series, my other film projects that I'm working on and in the process of writing scripts on, like Crystal has supported me since day one. She's been one of my like hardcore supporters. You know, this is what I really call a friendship. Like, whew, I'm trying not to get too emotional, y'all, but goddamn, I love this girl. But I just, I thank you so much for coming on this show and being a recurring guest. And again, this is not the last y'all are going to hear from her because, like, we got so many things cooking up. Of course, you know, interview with a vampire. And hell, like I said, I'm probably going to go see The Little Mermaid. She might fuck around and go see it. And we'll come back to y'all and be like, okay, y'all, here's how we feel about it. Like, I just, I look into the future so much, so often, and I'm just like, yeah, big things are coming, you know? But uh, let me go ahead and just give the mic back to Crystal. I just had to take the mic for a quick, but yeah, I just, I, I thank you. I thank you so much, friend, for real, for real. No, thank you, because that, that means a lot to me, and like, I'm I'm a writer, but I'm always so, like, bad with words when it comes to telling other people sometimes how I feel about them and how much they mean to me as uh, a human being, as a friend, as a spirit, uh, like a spiritual connection, but that's, that's what I feel like. Yes, like, our friendship has been like that since day one, and I am so grateful for you and i'm so grateful that we have you know made this connection and that you actually have this really awesome podcast to hold to yeah to hold space for for people and having the hard conversations i was listening to one of your episodes the other day um what, what, what was it it was the the homophobia one Oof, girl. Yeah, where there were you, you had uh, several people that were on there, mm -hmm. and that was really great to listen to. To also know that, like, the experience of being like a bisexual woman and being completely ignored and belittled by the community is not an isolated experience that I've experienced as well. So to hear another bi person be like, I have also had this happen to me i'm like oh my god not alone yeah <laughs> so like yeah important yeah like and that's the thing like and that's why i really want to get back into doing those episodes where i have people from my royal court as i call it from the royal palace uh come on and talk with me and ironically enough a friend of mine earlier had gave me a topic because i've been really fighting to get back into like okay how do i do this without sounding redundant and so i have a new top i have a topic for that specific episode and i'm going to take care of that probably within the next week or so for you guys oh, excuse me but yeah like i just i'm I'm glad to be able to give a, a platform and share it with other create a platform hold space and share it with others to let them know that they're not alone because i feel like that is one of those episodes that definitely needed to be had and i want to actually continue more when it comes to the topics of like homophobia and biphobia and bi erasure and, th and trans issues especially in the black community because oh jesus christ we can go on for hours and hours you know um yeah. but yeah just i thank you so much like from one writer to the next from one creative to the next from one golf to the next like we really we are definitely some kindred spirits and i i wouldn't want to do this this episode or our past episodes with anyone else other than you and our future episodes as well you know 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, y'all, look, we're going to take a quick little commercial break and then we are coming back to y'all with some more heat because, look, this is definitely going to be a conversation that y'all do not want to miss. I thank y'all for tuning in to the Royal Hour podcast and we'll be right back after these messages. Peace. Hey, what's up, everybody? Just wanted to remind you again and thank you all for tuning in to the Royal Hour podcast with your good guy here, Prince Onyx. Please be sure to leave a five star rating and comments and feedback. I love that. But also, more importantly, it helps with pushing me and the show and my royal court, you all and my lovely guests who I have on here from time to time through the algorithm. Doing that helps all of us win in the grand scheme of things. So again, thank you for tuning in and be sure to leave a rating and tell a friend to tell a friend and leave a comment. We at the Royal Hour Podcast love you guys for that and we thank you and appreciate you all tremendously. Thank you. Alrighty, and let's get back to the show. What's up? It's your good guy here, Prince Onyx. You are welcome back to the Royal Hour Podcast. Now, before me and my good sis, Crystal, have to part ways with y'all, you already know we hate to leave, but I wanted to correctify and rectify myself with the information because I had misspoke in the heat of my rant that you are going to hear very shortly. Um, So actually come to find out Jeffrey Dahmer uh, was not only assaulted by a black man in prison, it was also a white man as well. So it was a white and black man. The white man's name is Jeffrey Anderson and the black man's name is Christopher Scaffer. So both of them were accompanying uh, Dahmer on his way, you know, on his way to his work detail, his assigned work detail. And they were left unsupervised in the shower of the prison gym for approximately 20 minutes when at uh, 810, uh, this was on November 28, 1994, Dahmer was then discovered on the floor of the bathrooms of the gym suffering from extreme head wounds. And what's even crazier is that uh, Anderson had also been beaten with the same instrument, which was a 20 inch 51 centimeter metal bar that was used to cause the you know damage and the uh, bludgeoning of, of Dahmer. 
he was actually assaulted with the same instrument and he died two days later from his wounds uh, because the story was that it was only a black man who had who you know done Jomer in done Jomer, <laughs> had done Dahmer in and you know basically killed him in prison but it was actually two so I wanted to give both of them the credit you know I mean granted they were in prison too so it isn't like they were saints however you know what they did what no one else would which is to take that monster out so anyway without further ado i just wanted to correctify myself oh and also another thing so come to find out that one of the people well the character rather who uh niecy nash plays which i'm going to look up her name really quick give me one second glinda cleveland was actually a real person and in a way i'm thankful that this is a real person and that this isn't some you know magical negro trope of this fake person who didn't exist in real life when it comes to the whole Dahmer situation so she plays a real the real life she's playing the real life person of glenda cleveland who was one of his neighbors who actually lived down a house down the street from him because in the story from what the trailer makes it look like is that she lived in the same apartment as him when she was actually down the street from him in actuality in real life and those two girls who have saw the 14 year old which was Dahmer's last victim when they saw him bleeding out in the street that the two girls was actually her niece and her daughter so you know it's just crazy how the three it's you know these these three black women ended up saving the day essentially even though it was too late um and then the black guy who you guys if for those of y'all who have seen the trailer the black guy he is actually playing the real life person uh tracy edwards who was going to be one of Dahmer's victims but he thankfully got away and he also helped with leading the police uh with the evidence to arrest Dahmer and stop his murder spree so just wanted to correctify myself because uh, in the heat of my passion I misspoke on some things and I just you know wanted to do that because hey I'm all about correcting myself here at the Royal Hour podcast but without further ado we're going to go ahead and get right on into it so I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show and I thank y'all again for tuning in and be sure to like share comment and subscribe be sure to leave that five star rating it definitely helps out your good boy your good guy prince onyx in the algorithm thank you and let's get back to the show hey everybody welcome back to the royal hour podcast with your good guy here prince onyx and of course i am still joined by my good sis crystal mary so now we're going to talk about something that i spoke about on TikTok and other people are talking about as well and that is the uh, upcoming unfortunate limited series unfortunately uh, by Ryan Murphy and it is focused on of course Jeffrey fucking Dahmer so for those of y'all who don't know Jeffrey Dahmer was a serial killer here in America and he got away with killing 17 gay men 11 of which were black men and he got away with it because of quite a few things the complexion for protection. In other words, he was a white man. He also got away with it because of bias and homophobia and racism from the cops. And he got away with this for for a decade, 10 fucking years, and that's 17 lives. And what pisses me off, and I'm giving y'all a little bit of an advisory because I may get emotional during this segment, but what pisses me off is that, you know, in 2022, why in the fuck are we still glorifying these serial killers whether it's jeffrey dahmer whether it's richard ramirez otherwise known as the night stalker whether it's john wayne gacy whether it's who the fuck ever why are we still glorifying the it's a difference between 
a true crime documentary because you're documenting and trying to understand the psychosis. And here's the thing. I watch true crime. I can own up to my biases. Hell, I watch fucking Law and Order SVU and uh, Law and Order Organized Crime. So the fuck what? However, and I understand the agenda and the cop propaganda with those shows. I understand that. It's just that because I can call my own biases out while also calling this some bullshit because this is a slap in the face to the victims' families who still have to deal with the fact that their loved ones are gone. And not even that they are just fucking gone, but this motherfucker not only killed them, but he chopped them up and ate them and ate their, ate their body parts and even tried to serve their body parts to his fucking neighbors. But because he was a white man and because the cops did not believe in such a thing as a gay serial killer, he was able to get away with this shit. So why in the fuck are you, Ryan Murphy, thinking that this was a great idea and I'm not trying to come, in, come at like the actors, Evan Peters and Niecy Nash, because you know what? Y'all are just actors, even though y'all two could have definitely turned down this shit. But it pisses me off that y'all literally just thought that this was okay to do. And it and what really what really pissed me off and really set me off when I watched that fucking trailer and I didn't even mean to come across it and watch it but I saw it and I was like you know what let me see what the fuck this bullshit is about to give is that at the part where the cops finally arrest this motherfucker you got Niecy Nash's character I think her name was like Glenda Galinda or something like that she was like literally in tears breaking down yelling at these cops about I called y'all for months it's too late now and y'all kept ignoring me y'all kept ignoring me it's too late now then the fact that his last victim I believe he was either Asian or Filipino descent he didn't speak English but he had like a hole in his head and it was two black women on the street who saw him and was flagging down the cops to help him and instead they gave him back to Jeffrey because Jeffrey convinced them that this 14 or 17 year old boy was his 21 year old lover who just had quote unquote too much to drink and that they had gotten into an argument but he has a fucking hole in his head so y'all gave him his victim back to him just so he can then drill another hole into his head and even and kill him y'all when i tell y'all the justice system in this fucking country is so fucked up because recently little side note there was a young lady a black girl in i believe it was like iowa ohio somewhere in like the midwest who killed this man who was sex trafficking her and he raped her and the court has her paying $150 in fucking restitution to his family. Damn the fact that he was a rapist and a trafficker. Damn the fact that he was in involved in human and sex trafficking. Oh, you killed this man. He has a family. So you, you got to pay $150,000 to this monster who did what the fuck he did to you. And that's, and, and we're supposed to be okay with that. Like I just, Fuck y'all, for real, for real. Fuck you, Ryan Murphy. And I, I don't give a fuck if you don't never want to work with Prince Onyx because guess what? Prince Onyx don't want to fucking work with you. You could have did anything else. Another American Horror Story spinoff. Hell, people been begging for, begging for a fucking coven spinoff for how fucking long? But oh no, you want to glorify a white gay serial killer. But you know what? Birds of a feather fucking flock together because I'm telling y'all now, give it another 10 to 15 years he will probably end up making a fucking Ed Buck of miniseries as well. And if you know about Ed Buck, he was a white gay man who was funding a bunch of politicians, but he was also a scam artist as well. And he was a liar and a thief. And he was out here in L he was out in California, drugging up gay men, getting them high off of meth, making them overdose and killing them because they were and, and he would get them off the street if they were homeless or whatever the case is and he killed two of them the third victim thank god he got away but again it's only two that we know about that he fucking 
killed. So how fucking dare y'all think that this was a great fucking idea? And this is why I am suggesting that we all boycott this shit. I don't give a fuck if Ryan Murphy cast every nigga in Hollywood that I know and love. I still wouldn't fucking watch it. Fuck you, Ryan Murphy. Good fucking night, you fucking... Ah, like, fuck you, nigga, because you know what? You are the type of white... See, this is why I, I will never trust a white gay man, because they are going to always find a way to capitalize off of black trauma, off of black pain, all while saying that they, too, are marginalized and discriminated against. Bitch, you still have your skin color to you, so you still have the complexion for protection, and you still have your fucking privilege. So miss me with your bullshit. Miss me and every, every one of us with your bullshit, because y'all will be the same ones that when you get into it with your black lover or your black escort of the night, you will call the cops on him, even though he's the fucking victim, but of course they're going to believe you over him. Like they always fucking will. That's why I will never in my motherfucking life be down for some interracial shit. And the fact that the first that the first victim that we see on the in the fucking trailer is a black gay man who went into the apartment and he realized it was a weird smell in there, but it was already too late because you're in this apartment and he done locked the fucking door. And it, clearly he got y'all drugged up or he did I believe he like was putting stuff in the in the beer that he would give the victims and then, you know, get them in the bed and then next thing you know, strangle them to death. But the fact that he got away with this shit for a fucking decade, you have got to be motherfucking kidding me. And you know what? <laughs> you know what? <sighs> it's funny how, and I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I'm going to say this because I'm, I'm going to say this. It's funny how those cops couldn't recognize a hole in that boy's head. But y'all are the same ones who put holes in black bodies. Somebody make that fucking make sense for me and mine. It's real fucking ironic in a dark, in a not even a dark humor type of way. But it's just fucked up how you can't recognize when somebody is in distress, which is your literal, is part of your literal fucking job. But you can for fuck sure hand over someone's victim right back to them. I swear, you know what? Y'all should, they should have let that sister, that black sister in court beat that motherfucker's ass. Y'all should have let her beat his ass because he killed her fucking brother. He killed her fucking brother who didn't do nothing to nobody. But you know what? The only real justice is, is that Jeffrey Dahmer has got killed in prison by a black man at that. So that's the poetic justice in this story. But you are, but I'm pretty sure and I'm betting five fucking dollars that Ryan Murphy, he ain't going to show that part. He'll, it'll just cut to a black screen after, after him being in court. It'll cut to a black screen and it'll have some fucking text about him getting murdered. You ain't going to show him getting killed, but you for fuck sure is going to show him killing these black men, these brown men, and these Asian men. You'll for fuck sure show that. You'll for fuck sure make sure that we see motherfuckers who look like me getting killed. You making sure of that for sure. So you know what, Ryan Murphy? Fuck you. Good night. Go to fucked home, bitch. Go to hell. I didn't know that he was involved with Coven. Uh, I just, whew, girl. I, ooh, wait, what was that? Uh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um, did, did he produce Coven for American Horror Story? Yeah, so Ryan Murphy is the, um, he's the creator of, of American Horror Story, ironically enough. So yeah, he's the, uh, one of the writers, uh, I believe he's directed some episodes and the producer. So, you know, it, it just pisses me off about this whole thing because it's just like, dude, you could have did anything else. Like again, people have been begging for a Coven spinoff for years and the closest we got was, um, the season about the apocalypse where it was a crossover with the coven but it's like okay that's fine and dandy but people still want that but oh no he oh, excuse me he goes ahead and does this and i'm just like 
You know what? Netflix should have never gave his ass money. They should have never gave him that fucking deal because I just fear the worst is yet to come. He's already doing this Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. It's already in the can. It's already finna come out. I feel like next he's gonna fucking do John Wayne Gacy. Then he's gonna probably do some other gay serial killers. And it's just like, you know, again, art imitates life and life imitates art. So what exactly are you trying to tell us, Ryan Murphy, that you have this affinity just like most white gay men who really think, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer was hot back in the day. He could kill and eat me. It's like, you know what? You white gay men are the devil. And I'm just going to fucking say that. Y'all are demonic. Y'all are fucked up. And you know what? I'm not sorry that I'm not that I refuse to be one of your little tokens. I'm not sorry that I have enough self-worth and self-dignity and love and pride of myself not to be your little fuck boy, not to be your little fuck toy, because that's exactly how you view black bodies. The commodification of and dehumanization of black bodies is exactly why y'all think, why you thought this was a good fucking idea. Damn the fact that there are still the victims families who are still alive till this day and they probably have come across this shit and are probably literally flooded with the emotions all over again damn the fact that it's like you know again you you ryan murphy you thought that this was a good fucking idea well i'm here to tell you it's not so you can piss off and better yet you can fuck off and that is you know where i gotta leave it because again for a fucking decade from 1978 to 1991 this man got away with killing 17 people and this was in fucking milwaukee in the midwest so he got he got away with killing and dismembering 17 men and boys my nigga like like and he, like y'all but you really you you thought this was a good idea you thought that this was a good idea you thought this was a good idea like really this 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 was the best thing you could come up with this is the best thing you can come up with child go to hell ryan murphy go to hell fuck you ryan it kind of seems like i I know this is probably like um, this is just like a me thing but when you put it together about you know because it is it is fucked up and there's so many thoughts trying to come out at once i will say uh to, to start the rolling of the thoughts is i'm not shocked that this is how he's going with it because I was watching Coven and I really did enjoy Coven but something in the very early part of the seasons really struck me as it it really rubbed me the wrong way like there was that scene where I can't remember the name of the black actress who was playing the the black witch who was in one coven but then she eventually went over to like uh, Marie Laveau's oh um Gabrie Sidibe she played the character Queenie Queenie okay yeah so Queenie Queenie was having that scene where she was essentially trying to seduce the uh it was the slave who had like the head like the uh the animal head affixed to his shoulders yeah and that was marie laveau's lover too i i ain't gonna lie that shit right there creeped me out as well because like when she was like literally like fingering herself and i'm like what in the bestiality is going on like what in the what in the beauty and horrific beast I thought what was gonna happen in that scene is she was going to literally use her witch power to charm him and then and then essentially he would kind of be like like her like you know like she would finally have someone to protect her to you know be uh, a bodyguard or you know something something of that nature something that was very like female empowering but no rape 
rape Basic, happened. Basically. I was, I was like, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This should be a scene of her, like, coming into her power and actually being able to, you know, use the wiles or, you know, what, whatever it is to essentially be like, no, nah, bitch, I'm the dominant here. I'm in control. This is how it goes. I thought, I was like, this is going to be cool. And then, no, she gets assaulted. And I'm like, okay, so from that you have you already have this this little kernel of a seed that was planted years ago whenever coven came out to kind of tell everyone that ryan doesn't care about the fact that he's showing violence on black bodies on screen so this the Dahmer thing this is the next logical step for him no you know what you're right and to be honest with you because again i do watch american horror story like i said y'all i do watch um true crime stuff and you know it's just it's just this right here it's like it's different from for me it's different when i'm watching a documentary about hey there was this situation that happened this person who did this they got locked away yada 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 you know it's a real life retelling of what this person did but when you go on to do a hollywood production i'm talking budgets i'm talking you know actors and things like that and it's just like you're recreating because the entertainment industry media is a form is a portal so when you are when you really think about it from a deeper perspective and i ain't gonna lie i wish i was kind of high right now because maybe i could like unlock my mind a little bit because i feel a little stuck because of my emotions are still running high but when you are watching this series it's opening up a portal in your mind subconsciously that you are not going to even be aware of and you're inviting lord knows what type of spirits into your life and into your home so when it comes to this i'm adamantly and vehemently against this because this ain't right this is not right like this dude was a monster and why is it that because again we're literally glo and people can probably argue oh well true crime documentaries are glorifying no it's not really necessarily glorifying these motherfuckers who killed people it's letting you know that you know what there are average citizens because we all think that serial killers have a certain look and i'm sorry to break it to y'all but not every fucking killer is running around dressed like michael myers leatherface freddy krueger jason Voorhees, chucky um motherfucking uh damn who else i can think of hell Ghostface, and whatever the case is a lot of these serial killers are not wearing for wait until around halloween to dawn on their mask and makeup and their whatever weapon of choice that they use it could be a motherfucker who you work with it could be a motherfucker who whose uber you've gotten into whose lift you've gotten into who works down to the walgreens the marianos the krogers the Publix, whatever hell a motherfucker who you hooking up with you never fucking know and it's yeah. like you know with this it's just fucked up because it happened this happened in a time where there was no cell phones but imagine if the jeffrey Dahmer stuff happened in modern times and there was cell phones when i tell you they would have got him hopefully after the fifth victim but again if he was killing mainly black and, and native american and latino and asian man of course they're not going to bother looking into that and i just got to say something for the black woman who uh, for the black woman her name is kim alsup who worked on this project and she was one of the two people i'm sorry ma'am but i gotta tug at you a little bit too because what the fuck like you're literally working on a production that is dealing with the violence on black bodies and i just can't get behind that shit i can't get behind that shit and i can't feel sorry for the fact that you dealt with discrimination on a set where it was only you and one other black person on the crew what the fuck do you expect when it's only you what 
I'm sorry to break it to y'all, but in the words of that, um, I'm probably going to butcher her name, but fuck her as well because she was racist, but that Christine Agatha uh, novel, 10 little niggers and then there was none. Bitch, it more, more like two little niggers and then there were none. You are on a set where it's only you and one other black on the set and you are surprised that, you're, that you dealt with discrimination, but you're out here. But what was fucked up about it is you talked about dealing with discrimination while promoting the trailer so is it uchi wally or is it one mike bitch which one is it do you want do you want people to care do you want us to care about the fact that you were discriminated against or were you just doing the promo just so that people can watch this fucking series and see your name in the fucking credits bitch get go to hell fuck out of my face yeah that's okay that's that's complicated that's really complicated because you 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 kind of think that would be sort of a tip-off if that's the if that's the energy that you're getting on the set, what is happening on the cutting room floor? How is it being pieced together to, you know, you could be acting your heart and soul out, you know, and, and especially not to mention the more than likely, again, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, like the, like the generational trauma and you're like, you, you, she is crying in that scene. Like I've been calling you all for months. Like you haven't, you haven't done anything. It's like, that's rooted in real life experiences from people that are BIPOC people. So it's like, you have that scene, but is that scene even going to be in the series? You know, how, like someone in the comments, when I watched the trailer, said there was a fine line between telling you know a store a story about a horrific incident that happened and torture porn and this is treading a very thin line and i really hope that they're not doing the latter half and i'm like i don't want to break it to you guys but it's probably going to be the latter one it's probably going to be straight up torture porn it, it is it is and that's yeah. yeah and that that's what really horrifies me and pisses me off more is because it's funny how when it comes to police brutality we have talked so much about black death trauma porn and how that's pushed in our face 24 7 non-stop non-stop but then it's like okay y'all are watching this and y'all and this is a non-fiction story this is not some made-up serial killer you can literally google jeffrey dahmer and you will find the mug shots and everything. You can look up the video clips of when they had the trial. And again, that one black woman charged at him and she was ready to kill him because of what he did to her, to her loved one, her brother. So it's just like, yo, like y'all have to realize that this shit is not okay. And I, for one, I'm just not with this shit, man. I'm not with this shit because what the fuck? Like, we really think that this is appropriate. Like y'all supporting this for those who y'all who say y'all gonna support it. Don't then be pissed when you see something with John Wayne Gacy or something else with these other serial killers getting glorified because it's like, girl, there's a difference, again, a difference between a documentary and a Hollywood production, which, yes, ho doc documentaries definitely follow, fall under Hollywood production because you got the lights, the camera, yada, yada, yada. But again, it's retelling, okay, this is what happened. You got the, you're interviewing the police officers, the detectives who were on the case, and they're like, okay, you know what? We noticed the pattern when this happened, or, or we noticed this when this happened. We brought them in for questioning. They kept telling us one story. Then we compared it with this, the analytics, the, the uh, medical, the MD person with the medical examiner, ME person, what they were saying, then uh, their family members and yeah. stuff like that. Like you're interviewing people about this scenario and this situation and this story you're not then going on to hire actors to then play these real life people because it's like there is the only 
again, it's not even really a happy ending, but the only poetic ending in the Jeffrey Dahmer case was that he got killed in prison by a black man, his cellmate. That's the only poetic justice to this rather this rather dark story. But it's just, it hurts me because it's like again, it's it was eleven out of his eleven out of seventeen of his victims that were black men, y'all. Like this shit is not okay. This shit is not okay. You should you have every right to be to to feel that way about it because it is a it is glorifying the serial killers. And you're right, documentaries are different. We might see we will you know talk to the cops we'll talk to you know like news reporters or whatever we might see photos of even crime scenes but we're not physically walking into the room with someone who's about to do something to someone who looks like someone you might know you that know part. um a friend or like you said, Onyx, like yourself, you're like, this This person looks like me. And I was very struck by that when I was watching the trailer. I was like, isn't this 2022? Why are we, why are we having a, a whole ass moment here where we know something bad is going to happen and it's probably going to be pretty graphic and we're probably going to linger a little too long in places where we, we just don't need to walk in the room with them. We don't, yeah, we, we don't need this. We don't, we don't need to be in the room with this monster. And to that effect, I've all, I'm always shocked when they catch serial killers and they don't look like monsters. Is that weird? Like, I think. No, that, that's not weird at all because it's very true. Because, like, yeah. again, we both watched the trailer, so we already know that they're going to show him strangling these men because again he drugged them with like some specific drugs i can't really pronounce the name of them but he would drug them either before or after sex and then he would kill them by strangulation strength you know strangling them which that is a crime of passion by the way and then he would of course dismember them and you know he was involved in cannibalism and necrophilia and stuff like that so he was like when i tell y'all this man was not well like he was not okay and hell even like from the documentaries that's putting it nicely. Okay, I have put words for <laughs> that part. Like this motherfucker was dorm demented and tormented. Like he literally, as a child, he would like pick. He would kill animals, pick them apart. Like he was a medical examiner. Like his, his fascination with death. Like and the fact that his parents didn't pay attention to that. And it's just like, you know. And that it's just funny. like how could you? But how could you not? You know. Like I just that shit is crazy. And that's why it's again, you know we have this image on what we think a serial killer is, which is why, like, when you watch a movie like Halloween or Friday the 13th, yeah, you get scared. You're like, oh, my God, the shock value and stuff like that. You know, the jump cuts and the jump scenes. But you're just like, you know what? This motherfucker has to hide their identity to do what they're doing. I'm more so afraid of the person who I could be in the grocery store with and not know that they're the killer. Like, it's shit like that. So, again, in 2022, why are we glorifying why are we glorifying this? Like this shit, uh, like this, like, <laughs> like realistically, y'all. I saved this part for the end of the episode. I saved this part for the end because I, I'm just really heated by this because this is disgusting. Like I really wish that the families of the victims could come together and sue and stop any production from ever doing another mini series, limited series, TV show a movie about this like if it's not a documentary 
leave it, which I feel like there's enough documentaries already. So I don't think any more documentaries will be coming out. Um, but it's like, if it's not documentary based, leave it because you got to also imagine even with documentaries where you're talking to the, either the survivors of an attack or the victims, families, they have to relive that every time a camera is in their face. Like, I really want y'all to think about, so while y'all think that this shit is just entertainment, it is not. This is black death trauma porn, and it's not okay. And it never will be okay. Never. I think we're in this, we're in a very, very weird spot right now in this, in this universe. I don't know why, but I think you might be right about the next one being John Wayne Gacy, because people are not right now for no reason they're not calling out pedophiles they're They're not not, if they know something's wrong they don't they don't say anything they just you know they they're and some of these people are hiding under you know certain labels that would keep them safe quote unquote and it just drives me nuts that people if you see something say something (laughs) you know that Um, part and but you know that that whole thing that you had said earlier about you know um they couldn't believe that there was a gay serial killer i i call bullshit on the on the lot of us because almost since the dawn of you know film tv media uh i mean not so much in the 30s and 40s but you get into the 70s and the 80s the exploitation of the of queer people and the very blatant like uh like cruising cruising is about a gay serial killer okay Mm. and oh god what was some other movies up windows that's about you know uh, a lesbian who's infatuated you know with this other woman and she deals violence on the other woman when she doesn't do what she wants like y'all were you painting every every you know that 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 is what we are. That's what you're saying. You're saying that, that Onyx and I, as being part of the queer community, are dangerous people. And then you're going to turn around and say, oh, but we don't believe that there can actually be a real one in our midst when that is the media that you have been pushing and pushing and pushing since the since time innumerable. So I call bullshit on that. Like, there, there can be any, anyone can be a fucking serial killer that part anybody can like they don't have necessarily have like a a look or you know sexual orientation or any like you know so it's just like energy yeah i will guarantee you every single time i see a picture of a serial killer it's the same freaking energy it's always creepy and lascivious and you just look in their eyes and you're like that guy's tinged in the head did no one notice no one noticed that, that that guy was a little off and in a way that made you your skin crawl come on okay i mean because if we really want to keep this shit real it's like when you look into the like when y'all look at the mug shots of these folks and again as crystal just what? said look at their eyes the eyes are the gateway and the windows to the soul a lot these motherfuckers don't have souls there there's only darkness darkness is the only thing that's in them and it's just like again nobody noticed but again when you got the complexion for protection oh trust they will overlook everything until it's too late so it's just yeah. you know in conclusion oh my, my bad i'm sorry living? where was he li- living that that i mean 
if, if it wasn't a high population of people that were BIPOC people, it makes sense that the cops didn't ever show up. Like, well, ever. Well, he was born and raised, and he lived in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And Milwaukee does have a very high uh, black population. So, it you know, it makes sense. It's fucked up, but it it makes sense. That, you know, again, it was bias. There was homophobia and racism that allowed for him to get away with a decade's worth of of, of murder. Like, it's just, it's really insane. Like, ugh, child. Well, I mean, I'm I'm up for like boycotting it though, just because it it's so it's icky. <laughs> I don't. I mean, the implicate. I mean, you have first of all, you know, the violence towards uh, black bodies for one. But then, yeah, you're you're right. The spin is definitely going to be like, well, let's sympathize with this monster. And why? Why should we? There's no reason to sympathize with someone who. All, all people really need to do is think about just the act of what it what what you have to go through just to carve up a human body, and if that doesn't make you want to throw up, something wrong with you. That, that okay, that part. That's why I'm like for people to really sit and watch, sit through this and watch it. That says a lot about y'all, and I know that we as a society, before we wrap up we are becoming more and more desensitized. We've become so desensitized when it comes to things like death. I'm sorry, but it's like this right here. Nah, this is a hard skip for me. And I'm, I'm thankful that I'm going to skip it. Uh, but <laughs> to make a long story short, to wrap things up, thank y'all for tuning in though, on a lighter, somewhat lighter note, but so that will conclude. Okay. <laughs> so just to segue a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank y'all for tuning in. Again, things got very heated and passionate in this segment, but it's just, hey, like this shit right here is just not okay. Again, we will be boycotting it. We advise y'all to boycott it, tell others to boycott it. Hell, watch something else on Netflix. If you if you are just if you're that much of a horror fanatic like us and you like true crime, y'all can watch some other shit. But this right here, nah. We need to collectively come together and boycott it because this shit cannot go down we can't support this because i'm telling you whatever he whatever mr ryan murphy is cooking up next it's gonna be 20 times as worse even though this is already shit but it's gonna be even worse and we have to stop glorifying these serial killers by giving them biopics and movies and uh and miniseries and limited series like like the zach efron thing with ted bundy like again why are we glorifying these people like what oh, is yeah, this is was... this fascination with serial killers that we glorify them and almost make them like that of Hollywood legends and we need to stop we just need to stop yeah. if, if, I mean seriously guys there's so many there's so many great podcasts out there that just talk about the serial killers that's really all you need to do just go find one because there's like thousands go and find one that you really like and eventually they will talk about, you know, whatever serial killer you're interested in. And that's you, that should probably be where you leave it. Just on a podcast. Yeah. That part, that part, leave it on the on the podcast or, or just a documentary and just leave it there. There's no need for us to keep making Hollywood productions, investing millions into some shit that shouldn't be created to begin with when you have all these original stories that you know these are these talented writers who just need a chance and opportunity to get their work produced you know i just mm -hmm. uh, make it make sense you know but on a again a lighter light somewhat lighter note 
Thank you again, Crystal, for stopping by at the Royal Palace, the Royal Hour podcast. Thank you so much. Can't wait for you to come back. And I thank y'all and we thank y'all for tuning in. I know my voice is real hoarse right now, but hey, the prince has been yelling. So I had to go on a little reading and a drag session. Now I'm paying for it, but I'll just make some tea and I'll be all right. But thank you again. And do you have any um, announcements before we get on up out of here? Anything you want to tell us other than the uh, the art show coming up in October? Oh, nothing too big. That's really the only thing that I'm uh, waiting on at the moment. Um, but uh, I'm still uploading my artwork, uh, of course, on my Instagram, uh, Mothlace, M-O-T-H underscore L-A-C-E. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. Well, you guys heard it here first, like you hear it always. And where to find Crystal will be in the description box below as well with with each, you know, with the episodes where she is featured on. And that is all I got for now. Until we meet again, y'all love y'all lots and peace. Hey guys, what's going on? I just wanted to let you guys know before we get on up out of here with your good guy here, Prince Onyx, I just want to let you lovely people know where you can find me. So if you are in the TikTok streets, you can find me at Prince of the Go. That is P-R-I-N-C-E-O-F-T-H-E-G-O. And the Go is short for Chicago. Or you can just simply type in Prince Onyx and I will pop up. Now that same name I just gave you, Prince of the Go, you can also find me under that same moniker over at Instagram. You know, trying to keep in tune with the whole Prince royalty background, you know, the brand. (laughs) And you can also find me under my second Instagram, Prince of Gotham, with the number one. And Gotham, like, you know, Gotham City, you know, in case you guys haven't put put two and two together comic book reference and you guys can also find me at fanbase prince onyx and you can also find me on these twitter streets prince onyx world now that after you spell out prince the onyx is o-n-y-x all capitalized and world is spelled w-r-l-d so it's world minus the o and that is all capitalized as well so be sure that you are following me and keeping up up to date with me and staying in touch with me as i want to hear from you lovely people and other than that we will go ahead and get on up out of here so i love you guys lots and let me know your thoughts on this recent episode until we meet again peace oh and how could i forget you can also find me on youtube prince onyx hello come on out i'm definitely trying to keep this brand going and going and going and going not even trying i am keeping this brand going but again i just want you guys to know where you guys can find me all right talk to you later peace